Welcome back to Spiritually Connected, and oh my god, I'm so excited because I'm going to start a new series on this podcast today. I have always been super interested in the paranormal. You guys know that I've done a couple, like, telling you guys' paranormal stories, podcast episodes, but I want to start a series where I talk about different cases and, like, unsolved cases to some degree um, that are paranormal or could be paranormal to some degree. Um... This case that I want to start with is so interesting to me. I've literally been researching this for the past week and I'm so excited to talk about it because I could literally rant about it forever. It just like, it feels like there's no explanation to it except for the paranormal. Um, But before we get into that, I wanted to remind you guys, I do tarot, palm, dream, astrology chart, and oracle readings. And all of those are actually on a 25% off sale right now. So my prices are lower than normal. Um, But that's only if you book your appointment before the 19th, the summer 19th, 2021. Um, It doesn't matter when the appointment is like scheduled for. As long as you book it before the 19th, then you will get the sale. Um... (laughs) so i'm super excited about that um if you want to like look into my reviews or anything you can go to my website at spiritually con- or spiritually connected readings.weebly.com i do readings through my instagram which is at spiritually connected readings um so just dm me on there i take venmo and paypal etc um and yeah also if you're interested in any of my social medias um like I said, my Instagram is at spiritually connected readings. My TikTok is spiritually underscore connected. Um, and my Twitter is spirituallycon1. So if you're interested in any of those, you can go ahead and check them out. Also, on my Instagram, I have been posting a crystal and all of its different properties every single day um, for until Christmas. So I'm going to do 25 days of crystals. And I've been posting a ton on my Instagram lately. So definitely check that out. Um, I think that's all I have to say, but I want to get into the case of the strange and paranormal case of the silent twins. In April of 1963, in a military hospital in Yemen, um, June and Jennifer Gibbons were born. As the girls grew up, their parents came to realize that there was something unusual about them. They were far behind their peers in language skills, but that could have been played off. But the girls also had an unusually strong connection to each other and almost a secret language between the two. Um, It's unknown whether it was a secret language that they made up or whether they just had really bad speech impediments, um, but we're not sure. They would only speak to each other, they barely spoke to their parents, and they would lock themselves in their room for hours and only talk to each other. Um, Their father, Aubrey, when interviewed, said that they would make quote-unquote sounds that weren't like normal children. Again, this could have been explained with a speech impediment, but there's parts of the story that cannot be explained. Um, The Givens family were born in Barbados and moved to the United Kingdom in the early 1960s, so they grew up in Wales. Um, Despite the fact that the Gibbons spoke English at home, June and Jennifer began to speak another language, which was thought to be a sped-up version of Bahen Creole, um, which is a foreign language that is not very well known. The two soon became known as the Silent Twins because they refused to communicate with anyone but each other. The Silent Twins were bullied throughout their childhood, not because of their strange behavior, but because they were nearly the only black children or the only black children in their whole school in Wales. Um, This made them depend on each other even further, and as the harassment got worse, it got to the point where the school administrators would 
have to allow the girls to leave like 10 or 15 minutes early in order to avoid them being harassed after school or in the hallways, stuff like that, which is so, so, so upsetting to hear about. Um, The girls' language had become unrecognizable to anyone else by the time they were teens, and they'd acquired other abnormalities as well, such as, like, solitude and refusing to communicate with other people, refusing to read or write at school, and mimicking each other's actions constantly, like they would play off each other all the time. Many years later, when interviewed, June said one day she'd wake up and be me, and one day I would wake up and be her. We used to say to each other, give me back and I'll give myself back. If you give myself back, I'll give you back. In 1974, a medic described them as, or their behavior as quote-unquote doll-like, as they acted extremely unhuman a lot of the time. The medic also insisted that the girls see a child psychologist, but no matter how much therapy the girls went through, their behavior stayed the same. Um, Now, many, it's important to note that much of their behavior could in fact be played off or explained by extreme trauma that they went through with being bullied and the racism that they dealt with and their speech impediments or if those were a thing i'm not sure um i found sources that said that they did have speech impediments and i found sources that said that it it was just another language that they made up so i'm not sure eventually in a speech therapy session they agreed to speak with their voices being recorded as long as everyone but them left the room so it'd still only be them talking um the speech therapist who was named Anne Deharney said that said when interviewed that she thought that June wanted to speak to her but Jennifer was compelling her not to do so it was later found out that or it's important to keep in mind I guess that June was born 10 minutes before Jennifer and Jennifer had said in a lot of her writings that she often felt inferior to June which had caused Jennifer to take kind of a like terrorizing like dominant hold over her sister June Tiharney said that it seemed as though June was quote-unquote possessed by her twin. The decision was made that they should go to separate boarding schools, and it was a mess, to say the very least. Um, It was said to have taken multiple people to even get June out of bed in the morning, quote-unquote propping her against the wall like a corpse. Rather than branching out, they would completely, they would be completely in their own world, um, in their separate boarding schools. They isolated even more. They had no one to talk to. They didn't speak to anyone. And once they were reunited, in, um, the twins were more than attached than ever. They completely stopped talking to their parents, except for an occasional writing to them in letters in order to communicate. They retreated to their room, played with dolls, and wrote in their journals. June said in 2000, when, when interviewed, this was later after everything went down, We had a ritual. We'd kneel down by the bed and ask God to forgive our sins. We'd open the Bible and start chanting from it and pray like mad. We'd pray to him to not let us hurt our family by ignoring them, to give them strength to talk to our mother and our father. We couldn't do it. Hard it was. Too hard. The children began this pact as a game, but it turned into something much, much, much darker. Even when June wanted to speak, Jennifer would not allow her to. June was the submissive and the kind of dynamic. With their close bond, they were always felt as though they were in deep competition with each other and began growing a lot of very deep resentment for each other. It has been said throughout the research of this case thousands of times that they felt like they could not live until the other was dead, and that would later prove to be true. A snippet from June's diary says she wants us to be equal, There is a murderous gleam in her eyes. Dear Lord, I am scared of her. She is not normal. Someone is driving her insane. And it is me. 
And then a snippet from Jennifer's diary says, We have become fatal enemies in each other's eyes. We feel the irritating, deadly rays come out of our bodies, stinging each other's skin. I say to myself, can I get rid of my own shadow? Impossible or not possible? Without my shadow, would I die? Without my shadow, would I gain life? Be free or be left to die? Without my shadow, would I identify as a face of mystery? Misery? Deception? Murder? Yes, that's a real snippet from Jennifer's diary, and before was a real snippet from June's diary. Um, so, I didn't explain this in my notes, but they got matching diaries for, for Christmas. Um, and they wrote poems and plays and all kinds of stuff. And the girls began pulling their money in order to get their stories and plays and writings published. Um, most of their stories were centered in the United States, typically in Malibu, and most of them were about attractive individuals who committed extremely gruesome crimes, which is slightly disturbing for me to hear about. Um, when the girls' writing careers didn't turn out how they wanted to, and the American boys they lost their virginities to left them in the dust, the girls began taking drugs and committing petty crimes. These petty crimes quickly escalated to arson, and the girls were sentenced in a maximum security mental hospital for the criminally insane when they were only 19. This is where it kind of gets creepy. Or even creepier. Um, the hospital was much stricter than the girls were used to with their lifestyle, so being in the hospital was hard for them. They were placed on opposite sides of the mental facility with absolutely no communication. There were no cameras, there was no way for them to see each other, no way for them to talk to each other. The only way they were able to see each other was very occasional teas. Um, but even during those teas, they were not the only ones in the room. Um, and those were not until later. So they really didn't have any communication, um, at least for their, for a while. Um, they were unable to see or speak to each other, but the nurses observed they would have some very, very strange and disturbing behaviors. Um, even though they had no way of communicating with each other, um, they would freeze in the exact same position as each other and not move for hours. Um, one day, one of them would gorge themselves on food and the other would starve themselves. And then the next day they would switch having no communication. For nearly 12 years, the girl's only escape in the hospital was filling pages and pages of their diary. They made one friend, Ma Marjorie Wallace, who kind of wanted to write a documentary on their lives. Marjorie was one of the one of the only people they communicated with, including their parents. One day, the three of them were sitting having tea. So this was later when they were actually allowed to, to sit with each other and have tea. Um, but they would be having tea with Marjorie. And Jennifer suddenly turned to Marjorie and said, Marjorie, Marjorie, I'm going to have to die. This is something that she legitimately said. She legitimately said. Marjorie asked why, and Jennifer simply replied, because we've decided. Ooh, sorry, that just gives me the chills. That's so creepy. Shortly after this conversation, they were transferred to a low-security facility in Wales um, where they are where when they arrived, Jennifer was extremely unresponsive and extremely ill. About a week later, very soon, she passed of natural causes, specifically inflammation around her heart. There was no sign of foul play, no sign of poison, no sign of absolutely anything anyone did. And that was only a couple weeks after Jennifer said, Marjorie, Marjorie, I'm going to have to die because we've decided, which is something. And then a couple weeks later, she did die of natural causes completely. 
Um, when interviewed about her sister's death, June said that Jennifer had laid her head on her shoulder, stated, I'm going to die now, and quote-unquote fallen asleep with her eyes open. After the passing of Jennifer, June surprisingly was able to lead a fairly normal life. She was no longer institutionalized. She moved near her parents and was able to function in society as a perfectly like normal human being. Something that really chilled me was reading the poem that June wrote and is on Jennifer's grave, the headstone. June says, we once were two, we two made one. We no more two, through life be one. Rest in peace. And that is written on Jennifer's headstone. Um, now there's a lot of theories about this, um, this case. I honestly am so freaked out by it, mostly because I can't see a single explanation. I can see an explanation for them isolating themselves. I can e- see an explanation for that, but I cannot see any kind of explanation for how they would they were able to communicate with each other throughout that hospital how she suddenly died after saying that she needed to die of natural circumstances um and i think that it's really creepy because a lot of people have this idea or a lot of people think that they had one soul that was split into two and that's why only one of their bodies could live i really don't know how i feel about this case or what i think about this case i just know that it's really creepy and i have done so much research looking into it because i find it so interesting um but i truly think that it's just like it's creepy um i'm super excited about this series sorry um but a common theme throughout a lot of different like throughout their journals and throughout like quotes from their journals all the time a common theme was like them both saying that both of them could not continue to live one of them had to die in order for them to live a normal life and they predicted this multiple 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 times they said if one of them were to die then the other one would be able to live a normal life jennifer passed and june was able to live a completely normal life she was no longer institutionalized she moved by her parents and functioned in society just fine I think the scariest part of all of this is the fact that time and time again, they were right. There is no way that they could have known. And they ruled out murder and poison and foul play of any way, shape, and form. So time and time again, these girls just knew. They just knew. And I think that that is the most terrifying thing about this case, is the fact that there isn't an explanation for some of the things that they did again they were extremely traumatized human beings and i know that and i understand that and i hope that you guys recognize that as well because they extreme they faced extreme racism and they may have had speech problems and language deficiencies but the it's it's not them not speaking that is scary to me It's the fact that even with not speaking, they always knew what was coming. And that is what's terrifying to me. Also, the idea of having this pact as a child is really terrifying. And the part about, like, uh, the quotes from their journals are genuinely terrifying to me. Because what? Like, who writes like that? 
I, oh my god, I watched a video about this, like, a year ago, and I remember looking through the comments, and this one girl literally commented, and she was like, their journals are so poetic, all of my journals are like, went to Starbucks today, going to take a nap, and I related to that so much, (laughs) it was one of my favorite comments, I just distinctly remember that, but they're so poetic in their journals, it's so impressive, and also really scary, (laughs) like, it's just intimidating, it's like, creepy to think about i also think it's interesting that most of the stories they wrote were centered around like malibu and they were about attractive people who like killed people like they committed extremely gruesome crimes i don't know it's just a very strange case and honestly there's probably so much about this case that i'm missing that i didn't know so if you find out any information about this case if you do some research on your own please dm me on one of my social medias because i'm so interested to know um but yeah that's the case of the silent twins and that kicks off the series of the strange and paranormal where i'll kind of be talking about paranormal cases unsolved paranormal cases um let me know what you guys think um about this series about this particular case i am super creeped out by it but i think it's so interesting i cannot like i've fallen down a rabbit hole um but yeah i'm super excited about this new series um I've been posting a ton on all of my social medias, which I mentioned at the the beginning of the podcast, so make sure to follow me on all of those, and I will see you guys on Sunday, so I love you so, so, so much, have an amazing day or night, or whenever you're listening to this, um, blessed be.